Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 168, and today we're talking with Andy Hayes about Edinburgh, Scotland. Today's Indie Travel Podcast is sponsored by Hostel Bookers. We always use Hostel Bookers when we're searching for a place to stay, as they have excellent use hostels and cheap hotels. With the cheapest prices, on average 8.7% cheaper than the other sites, which is important for us and any budget backpacker. This is true. And they also have a blog which has guides, top tips, and travel news on destinations around the world. And we also follow them on Twitter. And their Facebook page too. Yeah, and we just use them to book our flight, uh, book our hostel in KL. Yeah, that's right. Um, Where are we so heading next? We're Very exciting. heading this afternoon, so that'll <laughs> be fun. <laughs> And our Facebook page has been going really well as well, which um, over the last week we've had over a dozen entries in our photo competition for this month, which means with a week to go, there's great odds on you getting your hands on a brand new Kindle, um, books from Rough Guides, and uh, e-books from Ralph Velasco Photography and from us. So it's it's all on. Yes, Um, you should definitely enter now. Go and do it. Don't do anything else. (laughs) Take your iPod with you. (laughs) And there's also lots of people talking about travel, leaving comments and sharing ideas on the Facebook page. Yeah. So if you have a travel question for us and the ITP community, just leave a note on the wall there. Mm-hmm. That's at uh, facebook.com forward slash indie travel. And uh, yeah, be awesome. So this week, what have we been up to? Well, we started the week in Scotland. We spent some time with some family up there um, and went and stayed with Craig's Gran and East Kilbride. Then we caught the bus. Oh, oh. We caught the bus from Glasgow to London. Now, the problem was we were in East Kilbride and we needed to get to Chertsey, so we had like an hour, hour and a half on either side of the bus, and the bus was, was it 11 hours long? It was about 13 hours door-to-door. It was from a very when long we time. left East Kilbride, took a local bus into Glasgow, then uh, using Megabus, which is uh, IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Megabus, amazing fares. We did this trip for just £11 each. Yeah, now actually that's really expensive because the last time we did it, I think we paid £1.50 each. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, £11, that's shocking. Yep. But then compared to the cost of a flight, which is at least £60, and the cost of a train, which is £80, very cheap. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, indietravelpodcast.com forward slash megabus and book all of your British transport in advance or you pay ridiculous amounts. Yeah, this was booking maybe two weeks in advance, so we got what we paid for. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> we made it We made it down to uh, Chertsey where we've been staying. Um, we had a day in London yesterday where we met up with... Day before yesterday. Oh, day before yesterday, yeah. We met up with Dave Dean um, and that was great. Um He's a, another travel blogger. We saw him first in Valencia and then now here. Mm-hmm. And we also caught up with an old friend from school, which was really cool. Mm. We realized we hadn't seen him for like three and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not since Galway. Oh, Dublin. Dublin, yeah. Dublin, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's been, been a long time. And uh, now we've spent yesterday and today basically trying to get ready to go to Southeast Asia for two and a half months. Because we've done no planning at all, uh, we've got, <laughs> got no preparation, we're hideously underprepared. Um, so the trick here is if you're going to Southeast Asia, um, start thinking about vaccinations and visas at least six weeks before you want to go, <laughs> not six days, as was our case. Where the reason we have this podcast is to share with you our mistakes, and you're quite lucky because we keep making mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Oh, well, let's uh, talk to Andy Hayes about Edinburgh in Scotland. Well, I'm sitting here speaking with Andy Hayes in the historic city of Edinburgh. Andy, Hello. welcome. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. And yourself? All right. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for coming. 
Well, thanks for, thanks for having us. We're currently uh, sitting on Andy's couch and, uh, yeah, relaxing after a good walk around the city. So let's talk about Edinburgh. Yeah, let's indeed. Can you give us a bit of an overview of why someone would come? I mean, a lot of people would think about Scotland as quite a, quite a romantic place, I guess, and, you know, with, with highlands and lowlands and, and locks and such like, but um, Edinburgh's not quite there, is it? Uh, no, Edinburgh is very popular. It is, uh, I would too believe, the second most visited city in the UK after London, obviously. Uh, it's the capital of Scotland. And do you know what's really nice about Edinburgh is it has so many different kinds of experiences. So you could come here for a little romantic break. You could come and do all history and be a total geek. Uh, you could do a haunted Edinburgh experience. Um, that's pretty easy to do. You can do an outdoor Edinburgh experience. You can kind of spend your whole time wandering out in the great outdoors. Uh, we did that just today on a very nice walk. We actually went and walk every day that you were here. Uh, so it's quite easy to have lots of different types of experiences. So even if you're bringing a family or a couple and you have different things you like to do, it's very easy to kind of customize the things that are most interesting to you. And it's a small place, so it's pretty easy to get around. You can walk the whole thing in an hour I would say so mm. you know all about that having written a, a guide on, on walking Edinburgh that's right yes and the author of a real guide it's actually on paper very old fashioned the historic walking guide to Edinburgh available in your local Amazon bookstore online so please have a look it's very good Sweet. And so what would you recommend if someone's coming to Edinburgh, what are some of the, the top sites to see and maybe a couple of the tourist traps to avoid? Well, I would say both of those things are on a single street called the Royal Mile. And this is a street that runs from Edinburgh Castle down to Holyrood Palace and uh, the new Scottish Parliament. That's a little more than a mile. Uh, miles used to be different in every British uh, Commonwealth, so Welsh miles, Scottish miles, English miles. So the mile is a little longer than a mile now, but that's okay. And at the top of it is Edinburgh Castle, which is the most visited attraction in Scotland and uh, the most visited attraction in Edinburgh, certainly. And it's definitely worth a look. It's not cheap. I do believe it's about £13. But it's huge, has a great view, and is very well worth it. Definitely go first thing in the morning to avoid the crowds. Uh, and then as you work your way down the mile, there's lots of choice for things to see. Some things not so great, uh, some things really good. Uh, there's lots of little museums, and I would say some of them, even though they're free, unless you're really into them, I would skip. Like the Writer's Museum is very small, and if you're a writer and you're really into literature, sure, it's amazing. But if you're not, skip it, because there's plenty of other stuff to see and do. Uh, especially when you get to the foot of the mile, where you can take a tour of Hollywood Palace if the Queen or one of the royals isn't here. Uh, as of uh, we're talking today, I think the Pope is here tomorrow, so it's actually closed because mm. uh, I think he's going to hang out there. I don't know if it's where he's spending the night or what, but uh, you can't go in all the time. But it's definitely, if you can, go great for history. Uh, Edinburgh has lots of history, too, so um, it's very easy to dip in and check out history. Mary King's Close, which is on the Royal Mile just across from St. Giles Cathedral, those two attractions are very historic, um, slightly haunted, both. Uh, very good very good picture into what Edinburgh used to be like. Edinburgh has um, been taken over by different tribes and uh, different warring factions, Scotland and England being the most obvious and most recent, for thousands of years. So there's lots of history and lots of 
weird, quirky stories that explain why it's called Old Reiki and why, uh, you know, some of these historic buildings aren't the building that was there 3,000 years ago and mm. why there are hidden tunnels all throughout the city and different passageways and vaults filled with ghosts and all sorts of interesting things. So. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about the, the closes? Because that's an idea that many people wouldn't know about. It's a very Scottish thing. And, and it... Yes. it's uh, So all over Britain, most, uh, most towns in Britain have little alleyways and nooks that run off of the main high street or the street where the shopping used to just traditionally be now nowadays we have lots of streets that have shopping but there used to be a main street with all of the commerce on it and that was called the high street uh, that may not have been the street name but it, you would have called it the high street uh, so in edinburgh that's the royal mile that was the historic historically one of the first main streets uh, so running off of that sort of like a, a bones off of a backbone are all of these little narrow alleyways and they're called closes and uh, you'll see them all throughout Britain, and they have different names. But in Scotland, they're called closes. A close is just an alley. But the interesting thing about Edinburgh is that it was built in layers. So much of uh, medieval Edinburgh is buried underneath modern Edinburgh. So Mary King's Close is a great example of a, of a close that uh, the city hall sits on top of. Uh, and so you can go down there, and you can see the old buildings, the, the window panes, and how things worked. medieval Edinburgh was actually uh, full of high-rises, full of, at the time, skyscrapers, buildings 15 stories high even. Very unsafe. They burnt down all the time. They collapsed all the time. It was a total mess. It was very unhygienic. That's why the plague ravaged uh, Edinburgh so poorly. Uh, But um, you still see a lot of that today. Some of the bridges as well you can go into. Underneath South Bridge there are the vaults. Some of those vaults now, one's a comedy venue and one is a sort of, uh, they rent it out for uh, the fringe and they rent it out for weddings and um, party corporate things. But there's one uh, tour that does a ghost tour through there and that's quite interesting. They explain a lot about how how those vaults came to be and why they're vaults and the little passageways that go through them. And those are all... I just, as we were just saying, closest, they're just now underground because Edinburgh was built up over top of it. So mm. it's really interesting. Yeah. Edinburgh is a bit of a hotspot for, for paranormal seekers, isn't it? it? Is, I mean, it it's, is. it's very commercialized now. There's, there's several ghost tours and. There and are. And I would, I would tell people who, um, who are really interested in that and they want a very historic and educated tour to take anything with the City of the Dead. Uh, they have some of the best guides. They have access to a lot of places that other people don't. And while there is a little bit of what I would call the Disney factor, you know, they're trying to scare you and trying to play into your beliefs that ghosts are out to kill you and they're all crazy murderers, uh, those people have very good knowledge. And especially if you take the the evening tour of Greyfriars Kirkyard, which is supposedly one of the most haunted places in Edinburgh. Uh, that tour is very interesting because you learn about the Coventers and how they affected uh, Scottish religion and Scottish government and how some of their texts and their government principles were exported to America and they're in the Constitution and all sorts of really interesting things that you wouldn't normally hear about just strolling down the mile. So, uh, yeah, so City of the Dead is definitely a good one for that okay well can you maybe tell us a little bit about uh day trips in and around edinburgh what if people are using edinburgh as a base where are they going to go well do you know it is a good base i think 
uh, probably the best base out of any of those Scottish towns. The Highlands, keep in mind, uh, Sco- uh, Scotland is uh, extends far up into the North Sea, so it's very difficult to get really far without a car. Uh, you can do it, but uh, you might not be able to get back in a day. But definitely, if you're going to be here for a few days, I would add at the top of your list for day trips, Roslyn Chapel. Now, you might think, oh, I've heard of Roslyn Chapel, because that was in Dan Brown's book and in the movie. Uh, the interesting thing to tell you is that the real lore and the history and the secrets or myths or things that we don't know about Roslyn Chapel that are facts are much more interesting than what Dan Brown portrayed. Uh, his book, is his view, is very different. It's not uh, factual. It's uh, entertainment. And while it's good, I find the real story much more entertaining. Uh, you know, there is something buried in the basement of Roslyn Chapel. They've done scans and uh, we can see 12 suits of armor down there. But the Earl of Roslyn, who owns the chapel, it's a private, it's private property, refuses to let anyone down there. So it uh, sort of begs the question. Mm-hmm. Something's obviously down there, and it must be important enough that he doesn't want anyone to see it. So, so that's definitely a good one. That's a half an hour, bus 15, Lothian buses from St. Andrew's Square. We'll take you there. Uh, Glasgow's a great one. Uh, the City of uh, Music, the first UNESCO City of Music. Um, lots of great nightlife there uh, so lots of people go there for that some great museums and uh, uh, it's not for me but uh, the shopping is very good for Scotland a huge enormous shopping street with lots of arcades and large department stores you can stroll along the river River Clyde runs right through downtown Glasgow so you can hang out there and uh, have a little picnic if the weather suits probably doesn't but uh, lots of people find it fun to take Clockwork Orange which is the which is the, you can't see me doing it, but I'm doing air quotes, the subway. Uh, it's a little loop. Uh, it doesn't go very far, and it's, um, it's orange. It's very orange. So they call it clockwork orange, and it's very tiny. So if you're tall, it's not the best experience. But uh, have you done it, Craig? It's quite... It's, no, no. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, you should check it out, because you'll be there shortly. Uh, it's just kind of funny. It's, if you've been to Hungary, to Budapest, it's very similar. The Budapest and Glasgow are some of the oldest subways in Europe, mm. and uh, so they're just small. They're like little teeny rail cars underground. It's, yeah. it's just... That's what they had. So that's what they did. Cool. Good fun. And uh, the last one I would mention, because lots of people probably want to do this, is Loch Ness. Go and look for Nessie. You can go and drive to Loch Ness if you'd like. Uh, also, um, there are lots of tour operators who take a coach and drive you up there. And uh, Scotland Tours is what I would recommend because they do a great job of giving you some commentary and they stop for a few places along the way and on the way back. And what's really nice with them is that they play music on the way. And you might think, well, who cares? It's just a road trip. But the thing is, like, if you'll drive through the Valley of Glencoe, which was uh, a site of uh, one of the most memorable historic massacres in Scottish history, uh, where the Campbells uh, violated the code of conduct of Highland hospitality and killed McDonald's in their sleep. Uh, it's a very old story, and it's a very uh, poignant story. But if you go in Glencoe, it looks like a beautiful valley where some people died a long time ago. But uh, these guys, you're driving along, and they put in this uh, very old folk song, which is a beautiful folk song about the massacre of Glencoe, and it just brings to life that story. And they do that several times throughout the trip. Uh, all uh, very good Scottish musicians and songs that, uh, uh, you know, some songs are a bit cheesy and, you know, just uh, bagpipes and all that, ballyhoo. But uh, they pick some really great songs, and it just makes for a nice experience. And uh, while they don't, and I, I can't either guarantee that you'll see anything in the 
the lake. It's definitely a beautiful trip. So makes for a long day. Don't get me wrong. It's probably a nine hour, nine or ten hour day. But it's definitely worth it if you want to say that you've been to what's probably the most famous lake in Scotland. So. Mm. Smooth. Well, bringing it back to uh, to Edinburgh now, um, can you give us an idea about maybe food or drink? Because like many British towns, it's there's a lot of homogenous kind of chain stores everywhere, and it can be yes, difficult to definitely. find something local and delicious. Definitely. That's, that is difficult. Um, the nice thing about Edinburgh is we have the festival every August, and that brings in so much revenue that many restaurants are here year-round, whereas they couldn't normally support themselves on the small population. Mm. So we have a huge supply of restaurants and pubs compared to how many people live here. So that's great. Anyway, Negotiants is a great place to go. Uh, it's very student, very studenty, but they have great, uh, great drinks, great food, and lots of great snacks. Always check out the specials, and it's pretty reasonably priced. And that's uh, that's locally owned, and and I and I'm in there all the time. People call it my meeting room because I uh, I'm always taking people there to to have business meetings and stuff. Another place to go for uh, sort of traditional British food is Monster Mash which is just around the corner from Negociants, actually. It's uh, near Greyfriars Kirkyard, and they're famous for bangers and mash, sausage and mashed potatoes. But they're just not... They don't rest at just having normal bangers and mash. They do these crazy things like port and blue cheese sausages and uh, mushroom mashed potatoes and all sorts of crazy things. So if you go, I would definitely encourage you to at least try something funky. Because it's always tasty, even mm-hmm. if it sounds a little weird. And last but not least, actually, I'll leave you with a really budget-friendly tip that's classically Scottish, and that's a baked potato shop. The best one is on Jeffreys Street, and it's called the Tempting Tetty. Uh, the owner is a sort of a old-town, well-known personality because he's a bit of a grump. So if he's really rude to you, consider it a blessing because that's just how he is. And to make that really Scottish, you should really have a haggis and cheese baked potato. It's the most calorific and huge, ginormous meal you'll ever have. But it's tasty, it's delicious, you'll love it. Uh, You can get it to go and wander off somewhere, uh, or you can stand out and uh, eat it on the street. I see lots of people doing that. There's a few seats in the window there. It's not a very big place. It's not a place you kind of sit down and eat. But uh, yeah, I love Mm. the tempting tatty. And... uh, you can have an enormous baked potato the size of a rucksack for about four pounds. <laughs> nice. Well, just quickly, can you give us an idea of kind of the the Edinburgh um, calendar? Because it, it starts off with Hogmanay, or the, the Scottish New Year's celebrations. Yes, so Hogmanay, which is uh, New Year's Eve, Hogmanay started in Scotland. Like a lot of the celebrations that we do today, fireworks and whatnot, are old uh, relics from Scottish history. And then you have not much of anything until the spring. And then in the spring, we have a few smaller festivals, but we really heat up in June and July with the film festival. And there's some some children's festivals and a science fair also in the spring. And then we roll right into August with the Fringe Festival, which is the world's largest arts festival, which is huge, ginormous. If you want to come to that, book your accommodation well in advance and by that I mean nine months because otherwise you'll be out of luck and then September is busy but there's not really anything specific going on um, and it's still pretty busy right up until uh, November we're going to calm down one 
thing you might want to check out is Burns Night. Uh, uh, I forget the date specifically. Do you remember the date? Could you no, been to Burns Night? Yeah. I have to look that up. Um, Robbie Burns is a old, famous Scottish poet. We celebrate his birthday every year with Burns Night, and that's a you have a traditional meal of haggis, neeps, and tatties with a splash of whiskey to wash it down, and that's a, that's a nice event to go to because usually there'll be dances and kaylees and music if you go somewhere special. Mm. So that's kind of a fun thing to do. Cool. We're going to have to wrap up and run for the train, but before we go, can you tell us uh, where we can find your Edinburgh guides? You can go to edinburghguides.com, and right there you'll find links to my two guides. One is the book that we mentioned earlier, the Historic Walking Guide to Edinburgh. And then the other is if you have an iPhone, you can download the most popular Edinburgh iPhone app, I have to say, which is Edinburgh Secrets. And that has uh, just kind of lots of restaurants, outdoor attractions, walks, uh, sightseeing, so some of the things to see and do. And what's nice with that is it has prices, uh, phone numbers, addresses, websites, all kind of on your phone. So it's quite easy to get around and it has maps in case you get lost. So definitely check those out. Wonderful. Well, Andy Hayes, thanks for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, Andy, for hosting us in Edinburgh and coming on the Indie Travel Podcast and speaking with us. Yeah, and thanks to hostelbookers.com for sponsoring this episode. Um, If you're looking for a bed for the night, do check out hostelbookers.com as they have beds starting from as little as nine US dollars a night in Edinburgh. Which is very good, and because Edinburgh is painfully expensive. It is, it is. It's certainly not a cheap place to go. Hostelbookers are also running a competition right now to give away a round-the-world ticket and a thousand pounds of spending money. So you should definitely enter that, because that's a very good prize. Uh, you can find out more at hostelbookers.com or ndtravelpodcast.com forward slash hostels. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we're off to Kuala Lumpur within a few hours of finishing recording this, and so it'll be on the enhanced feed later this afternoon. Good. Did you know that if you listen to the Indie Travel Podcast through the iTunes enhanced feed, you actually get the episodes long before anyone else? I did know that, yeah, because I make it happen every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the... The myriads of listeners. Ah, right. Myriads of listeners. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, we normally put stuff out on the enhanced feed two to three days before it goes live on the site. So you can. So whenever find you get that. around to it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And then um, the podcast goes live on Monday. Yeah. So you can find that at indietravelpodcast.com forward slash iTunes, and that'll direct you into the store. So it's a really good way to get the information before everyone else. So if there's things like competitions and specials that we've heard about that we can talk about. Uh, you've got a got a bit of lead time on everyone. So yes, that's IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash iTunes. And I want to give a shout out as well to FourEyesUp.com, who are doing some really interesting things, um, talking about what they're calling geek travel. And I think it's the first blog in the world that's speaking specifically to geeks to go and do techie tours and go and see strange, uh, strange things. Yeah, they were responsible for the Palo Alto guide, uh, travel guide that went up on IndieTravelPodcast.com recently. It's all about sightseeing in the Silicon Valley. Yeah, you're going to see Google and Facebook and Microsoft. Yeah. Um, It's it's just something really interesting. So so if you're a tech kid, check them out at foureyesup.com. Well, I think that's pretty much us for this week because we need to go and pack (laughs) and try and organize our life again and work out what we're doing over the next two months. (laughs) So until next week, travel well.